This is, this is the In The Black Podcast. Yes, welcome, welcome, welcome. What's up, what's up, what is up? Back once again, it is the incredible In The Black Podcast. And in case you weren't aware, this is a podcast dedicated to covering the current events and social issues going on in your black world and covering it all from the perspective of three grown-ass men who tend to stay higher than... Well, I'm not... We'll leave that alone. I am your host, Big O, Mr. In the Black himself, but you know I can never do this alone. I want to welcome you guys to another incredible session of our Black Light segment where we jump into the people and conversations that deserve a deep dive. And I am joined tonight by two very special guests. Um, states across the country are starting to lax their laws surrounding the sale and use of marijuana, and Maryland is one such state. Coming as of July 1st, you will be able to smoke at least a certain amount of recreational marijuana in the state of Maryland. And I thought, who... Who better not to get, or who better to get to talk about this than the dispensary king and queen dispensary royalty, recreational weed royalty for that matter. Uh, King, queen, thank you guys for being on the show, taking the time out. And uh, I want to say getting high, but I don't don't have anything to get high with right now. Thank you for having us, Big O. We appreciate it. No doubt, and you should no have doubt. definitely let us know before. We would have made sure that you had been taken care of. I know, I know. Especially, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not a, I'm, I smoke cigars, but I've, I've been known to dabble in um, edibles from time to time. <clears throat> just don't, just don't tell my mother. <clears throat> uh, I am familiar with the both of you, but for our listeners, for our viewers, please tell us a little bit about yourselves. I am Queen, as you mentioned. Uh, I'm one half of the wonderful company Dispense Throne um, and also one half of DQ's Lifted Kitchen. I always specialize, uh, well, I guess I'll talk about myself first. Well, I specialize in cannabis education as well as teaching people not only different ways to consume cannabis, but about um, changing the stigmas as well as mostly changing the stigmas within the black community. That's pretty much my main focus. Um, and I am a disabled black woman. Uh, so that's something that I like to push as far as with my education to let other people know that there's different ways to medicate and elevate their life. Fantastic. Uh, well, I am, um, I, I'm sorry, it's hard to follow that up, but uh, I'm <laughs> King, uh, Dispense King, Disp King. Um, I'm just, I guess, a regular guy, regular black guy from Baltimore uh, trying to change the city. Uh, simple as that. Um, trying to do uh, different things as far as make a dollar and uh, work for myself, and then also find ways to use this wonderful, you know, flower uh, to give back to the city some way and somehow. Uh, there's a lot of ways that uh, money is being brought into the city in the cannabis industry, and not enough of us know about it or how to use it or how it's being used. So that's my ultimate goal. No doubt. Once again, I appreciate you guys for taking the time out being on the show and trying to, at least in some capacity, trying to educate our listeners and our viewers about what recreational, the sale and the use of recreational marijuana looks like, right? And what putting a face to that whole thing. Because I think when you start to think about recreational, their sale of recreational weed specifically, it doesn't look like folks like you and I. So I'm glad to see you guys out in the field changing with the visible look of what that is. So. Um, Thank you so much. Let's 
let's let's let's jump on that. Um, you've I've known you guys for a little bit. I've been familiar with you guys for a minute, and you guys came in when, at least when I got familiar with you guys, when CBD first became a thing in Maryland, and people weren't jumping in people on people's back because of CBD oil and so on. Mm-hmm. So you've been in the business for a minute. What have you seen that has changed since then? Outside of the law or outside of it being legalized come July 1st, what are the changes that you guys have seen, if any, so far from from back then when they were like, okay, we're battling whether or not we're going to use or legalize the use of CBD. And now here we are, however many donkey years later, where they're like, okay, well, we're going to let you guys smoke a little bit. Really, uh, the main difference is, I guess, they aren't attacking uh, folks for uh, using it as much or seeing it as much around. Um, they've been more lenient with that, especially since um, it was a Marilyn Mosby uh, came back on it and said she was no longer going to prosecute it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, uh, as far as the legal avenues and uh, the commission, things of that nature, nothing really changed. Uh, we were sitting there, I guess, for now five years waiting for the commission to finally allow you know minorities in the door when it was uh, just medically uh able to be uh, consumed but now that it's being uh, recreationally consumed you know next week or so we're just wondering again um how do you exactly get in what's the exact regulations and what are they going to hold us accountable for so i mean not really much i mean other than that but behind the scenes not really much man just folks i want to say going to more dispensaries now folks get more knowledge that way and doing things like that but um a lot of those dispensaries most of those dispensaries actually aren't owned by folks like me and you so yeah or well but actually to piggyback off of that as well is that most of them aren't even owned by companies that are from maryland yeah so Mm -hmm. a lot of the money that is made within all these dispensaries is just going back to wherever they're from like so so yeah. typically you would say it's like larger larger conglomerates or folks that pool their money to just jump into the weed space. Is that right? Yes. And also a lot of the situation is that a lot of these larger corporations, like I was mentioning, are coming to Maryland and the dispensaries that are not thriving that are owned maybe like by local people or ones where they, you know, they could probably use a little bit more money, but they don't know the way to get it. So they'll like partner with a bigger corporation. Well, a lot of them have been bought out now. Um, so mm. it, it's funny because they look, they go to them for help and knowledge because a lot of those dispensaries from out of the state, obviously they, they show, oh, well, I have a few years in the business. I have education. Mm-hmm. I have money. Mm-hmm. I can help you. But in the end, it, they'll just end up selling their licenses. So while medical has been taking place, there's a certain amount of licenses that can be operational at one time. Now, you can only get another license if you're a dispensary if you buy a license from another dispensary. That's the only way you can get one. So if you see a dispensary that has a few of the same name, we have a Maryland is supposed to be non-competitive in that way. But Mm -hmm. they basically find a loophole that, well, they can compete and have multiple units because it's technically not their store. It's a umbrella of their store. Hmm. Okay. So... We find ourselves in a lot of problems now because uh, a lot of that money, we don't know where it's going, where it's went, and it's created a situ- a, a vacuum, per se, um, with the amount of people of color, like King was saying, being able to get into the program while it was medical. 
now that it's going to be recreational, they've already started kind to trying to put things in place to um, create basically kind of the same situation with the medical program. They're going to try and possibly only release a certain amount of retail licenses. So they're they're not really like resolving any of that minority issue that they paraded on their websites about how they were going to get disabled. They were going to have people of color that uh, these people were going to have, you know, first dibs at all these things. Yeah. And, and I know they were trying to target veterans at one point. As well, yes. And veterans, veterans as well. Sorry. Yeah. I, I, I did leave them out of them no, as well. No, no, you were spot on. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's, it's, it sucks because I've been somebody that's used cannabis for a really long time. And, uh, I like envisioned this day. Like, I don't know how many times in my head I've replayed how this day would be. And obviously as I've gotten older and the, the real day has showed up, you know, it's like, this wasn't really what we meant. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, I, I appreciate it. Um, and also part of what the recreational law people can own, I think one or two plants. Um, so that's yep, something else that we do. We educate people as well as about how to grow. Um, as well as, you know, cultivate their cannabis if they do oh, no, choose so to do it at home. Like horticulturalists like you guys yes set them, tell them how to set up and do it and to yes put the seeds. Um, really yep from oh, the beginning okay. from germination to when it's time to take their buds down and cure them so that they can enjoy you know what they've created um okay no doubt and yeah so i, I know that maryland it, at least doesn't i think you can own up to or have in possession up to 2.5 ounces before yeah you before it's possible for you to go to jail for yes 2.5 which you know it's i mean that's lenient I'm, I'm not i'm not bad at that like um that's that's reasonable because before it was like you could have an ounce and i guess not um be messed with without having any sort of medical yeah. card um yeah. and to be honest most people that are smokers and that's medical or recreational just people that consume a lot they use more than an ounce you know or they buy more than an ounce usually at a time if they can um so it was just you know improperly targeting people that they believed that were still um you know um as far as making criminal organizations with drugs which yeah. i think that's a part of the stigma we're trying to break as well is that nothing about what we've tried to do is to be criminal we're really yeah. just trying to liberate, you know, not only us, but other black people from the stigmas, but as well as teaching the education on how that they can get into that workforce, um, how they can utilize their skills in making cannabis ancillary businesses. So some people make ashtrays, some people make like bongs, um, some people make like shirts, you know, like they make little different cannabis effects that are still very you know, important and valid you in the cannabis like, market. From, like you mean like hemp that they use to do all those things, right? Not even just hemp, just yeah. things that are just like his, I mean, his hat is hemp, but just, uh, just any sort of thing that is cannabis related, something that a cannabis user would want to buy, you know, like you said, you mm. like cigars, right? So you, you probably, if you see a shirt that says something cool, has something to do with cigars, you know, or has a cool imagery of cigars, you probably want right, it. Right, right. Cause you yeah, feel like, yeah. Oh, that represents my aura. You know, it's the same yeah, thing right. with cannabis is that, it's not just, uh, you know, just the smoking part. There's, you know, just a lifestyle to it as well that, you know, a lot of people were very afraid to be publicly in. Um, so I'm just really excited for that as well, is that okay. so many people will be able to come out of, you know, the, it's funny, I don't want to use the word, but the closet, you know, it's, it's just, they're living a secret that they are wanting to just share out loud, but they can't share it because they're worried about how it'll yeah, take. Yeah, but the repercussions of it. I yes. It, so it's it's the same thing. So, you know, good thing for Pride okay, Month. Okay, we'll okay. move into July. Go let ahead. Me, let, me, let me ask you guys this then, because I think people will hear your story, hear how passionate you both are about marijuana, the use, the sale, the education, all of that stuff surrounding it. And they'll 
the perception is that you guys are are lazy no gooders, right? Like what, uh, all the time. What makes you? How dare you? The audacity of the both of you to get into weed sale and weed use. The devil's lettuce is not what we should be engaging with. So what 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 type of picture or yeah, what type of picture or representation do you want to portray for people that smoke weed? I would say my king to answer this one. Oh, okay. okay. Well, uh my representation is that it can just be used as any other, you know, medicine. I feel like uh, as far as my 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 time knowing Queen or actually being around Queen, I found out that everybody that uses or uses the the herb in any way actually uses it, you know, uh, medicinally. Even if you're just using it just because your day has been rough and you're and you're smoking at home, you're sitting there because something's bothering you with your anxiety at that moment. So I think that anybody can use it, and half the time I'm using it because I actually I actually use it to help me do activities instead of bothering me with activities or hamper me with doing an activity. So I just want folks to know I do, I have a few businesses. I host my own, well, co-host my own uh, show on YouTube. I do a whole bunch of things. I'm always involved. If you ask Queen, I'm always working. I'm always Absolutely. out and about uh, grinding. So it doesn't stop me at all. It's just about, you know, your knowledge of it, uh, being, you know, responsible. And how okay, I, I guess I got to have an extension question then. Mm -hmm. What got you into it? Because you could have easily just sat in your in your lane, bought your weed when it became legal, ate your edibles and mm -hmm. been straight. But you guys have taken a completely different approach and have made this almost a communal affair. So what made you guys now jump out of that lane and say you're going to make you wanted to make this a bigger thing? Well, I'll keep going. Um, when I just started using maybe around the age of 29, as I just told you before the show, I, I'm about to turn 37 this year. Uh, so I haven't been doing it too long. I can't talk about it as long as Queen has. Uh, but I decided to use it around. I was always one with the stigma, same thing, uh, the same stigma as most folks have. Uh, you know, it's for people that are lazy, that are no good, that, you know, can't do things. And around the time, like you said, CBD was popping off and states and things like that were starting to make uh, cannabis legal. Just in general, I had said once it became legal, I'd give it a try, you know, and I was going through a hard time in my life at one point. A uh, bunch of things were going on, back issues, major back pains and things of that nature. And just like anxieties just out the yin yang because of a whole bunch of things. And uh, one of my friends, actually, actually, my mom. Keep it a hundred. Uh, gave me my first J and uh, told me to try this, and uh, I tried it. And from that point on, I was like, "Wow, man! I was, I can't believe I thought what I thought about this. Um, it's not yeah. something that just makes you like just down and out of it and weird. It untaps a different level in you, and it's not on some uh, weird like uh, I don't know, like out of this world thing. It's just it's an awesome herb, just in general. Just it's not even the feeling of being high." It's just the other effects, the things that you get from your herb in general. So uh, it's just an amazing thing. Like I said, I've learned in these past, this past decade or whatever, uh, a, lo a, a lot about this herb and I just love it. And I can only, you know, I, I knock myself at, at this point for not uh, being on board before I was on board. Like I'm kind of jealous 
that uh, acquainted them. It's like they kept it away from me. Like the, everybody was telling me it was this horrible thing that my, my brain would be fried like eggs. And things uh, only like no good, only no good doers do that shit. Yep. You know what I'm saying? This is your brain on drugs and all the commercials. Right, right, right. I, I, I definitely, you know, uh, put it together with the other things. Like uh, I'm not saying guys go ahead and do coke or crack or things like that, but mm. I put all of it together and didn't know, you know, all of my research. And then after mm. researching, like I said, and finding out, you know, the benefits of the herb and the great things that it do, and actually uh, how, you know not dangerous it is uh compared to a whole bunch of other things that we do um, okay give, I'm, I'm glad that you said that what would you say is one of the biggest stigmas that you want people to know about marijuana use that you want to break during this whole process Queen. is that in life you will have to or you will come to a point where maybe you want to medicate for whatever reason whether it's a physical neurological you know, um, freezing that you're going through and that it's okay to not only just explore cannabis, but also it's okay to, I don't want to say refuse your doctor's evidence because never, never refuse their evidence and never refuse, you know, their offers of the things they think might help you. But just know that education is power and that just a lot less harmful ways that you can deal with things that are bothering you. Um, I know that a lot of people that we deal with are recovering from some sort of addiction, um, opioid addiction or alcohol addiction. Um, some people have depression. Some people have family members that have passed. Um, they're dealing with that. People that have had, um, you know, extreme traumatic experiences. And the thing I think I love the most about our job is that people talk to us and they, they reveal their pain to us. And that is a very vulnerable feeling that I know that is, I hate when I'm vulnerable. Um, I appreciate how much people, you know, share with us those experiences so that we can help create a plan to be able to assist them to help them get through these hard times in their life. There are some people that we see, we don't see ever again. You know, maybe the hard time is over and maybe you know, they don't need to use it all the time. Like, hey, I'll come back and use it sometime or whatever. Um, some people passed on. Um, some people, you know, they, you know, leave for a little bit, come back for a little bit. And some people we've seen for the past five years, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think I want people to know is that no matter where you're at with your life, you could always not only just use, you know, other resources to help yourself, but that. Just as much as y'all think that we help your lives, y'all are helping our lives and we're learning from you and that from your experiences, it helps us teach other people about cannabis from their stories, um, from their feedback. Um, and that's helped us become more educated in cannabis. So that's really all I want people to know is that there's just there are opportunities out there for you um, to take care of yourself the way that you want to take care of yourself. You are not to do anything you may believe will harm yourself um so just always know that there's just there's easier ways sometimes maybe a joint before pills would be the best idea for you you know mm, just be open now I, I i love that i love the fact that you guys add a quote-unquote therapeutic portion to talking to your folks i want you to delve a little bit deeper into that try to explain if you would the what that process looks like or you can give us an example whatever the case is but i want you to delve deeper into that because i think that's what you said was spot on um 
there's folks going through so much stuff right now and having another avenue to try and better themselves or to heal without taking medication, without falling deeper into de depression. I think it speaks volumes. So if you can give me a little bit more about that. I would actually love to. Um, man, I'm, so I, I, we were just talking about a young lady the other day um, and she had liver cancer. It tripped me out every time I saw her because she, every time we saw her, she was smiling. She was just always talking about how wonderful her life was, talking about her kids, just talking about everything that keeps her up and that, you know, that even though she couldn't always see us, every time she saw us, you know, was really awesome. Um, and she was dealing with deciding to go into hospice care because at that point she felt like, well, I'm so active. Why should I be in hospice care? Um, I want to say she was 35. Um and maybe 33 when we had met her. Through that situation, we started talking about more about just everything she dealt with. Um, I have rheumatoid arthritis with fibromyalgia, and so I, at a point, had to take, I'd say probably about um, close to 15 pills a day. I'm now at the point where I probably take about five a day. So that's that's like a big difference uh, in my life. I wish that right. I could be able to take care of my whole disease with cannabis, but needs more research, maybe we'll get there, right? Um, right, right, right? So with her, we would talk just about her symptoms, not just from the chemotherapy, but just from her depression, um, just from, she would have swollen lymph nodes. Uh, sometimes it'd be, she couldn't sleep. Uh, so we would talk about different strains for those situations, different strains for this situation. She'd be at a point where she wouldn't smoke at all. So she would try and use edibles. Well, we had given her, gifted her a stick of butter just because every year we try to gift somebody that is going through a chronic or you know debilitating condition, just something on the house, just so they know like, hey, we're thinking about you. Like, so mm. this year we haven't picked somebody yet, but I think I know who I'm going to pick. Um, but through that time period, unfortunately, with the liver cancer, it did eventually take her life. But we got to see the quality of her life better in terms of she was being able to go be with her family. I would see her taking more pictures with her family. Like, I was very surprised when she passed because you would have never thought it because the last few times we saw her, she was happy. She wasn't somebody that was falling apart you know she was somebody that if you saw her you did not know she had liver cancer like i mm. i to this day i i don't think i ever saw her at the point where i would have imagined that but that's part of because she was using cannabis you know to take care of herself as well as going with the medication she understood that because of the advancement of her condition that she wasn't going to possibly have a long life so in that time period she was just trying to have the best life um, and that's something we encounter a lot uh, is people that, you know, have cancerous conditions or conditions they know will shorten their lives. So it, it's it's funny because I always try and use the word medicate because at the end of the day, that is what it is. It's medication. You're medicating with it. Uh, just like you would people just like smell lavender. They like lavender because it smells good. Well, lavender is linalool. That's a terpene. That terpene mm. is a relaxing terpene. Mm -hmm. Same thing going back to cannabis. Everything that you you encounter in life, from drinks that you drink to food that you smell, you're encountering smells and motions and moments of your life that will change you. You'll hold mm. on to them forever. And so part of us that we don't try and treat you like we're doctors. I am not a doctor. Um, I have 10 years lab experience, but sorry, unfortunately, no MD uh, or DR in front of my name. But... Mm. I have learned so much, not from, 
not only from that um, in a scientific standpoint, but through my own condition, I had to learn more about empathy and understanding and how to approach people that sometimes are not having the best day, you know, uh, sometimes may not have another day. And sometimes somebody that just might just be frustrated and they just want to just relax and they get off work. You know, we deal with all of those people. So the first thing that we ask you is usually I ask, what is the condition that you're treating? Or, mm. you know, or what are medications that you're currently taking? Because some people may not be comfortable telling me what the disease is. But if they tell me the medication, I usually can do process of elimination. So um, I know sometimes if people take heavy antidepressants, it'll dull how um, a lot of indicas work. So it'll, it'll, it, they just won't work as well as they would normally. Um, uh, certain things um, stop your metabolizing in your liver. Like uh, just all the different things that people don't think about in their day-to-day -day lives that affect how they consume. With edibles, I, I constantly hear edibles don't work for me. Let me ask you a quick question before you jump into <laughs> that. Before, Just for our folks to make sure that we're 100% clear. Mm -hmm. um, you don't ask these people their medical condition. Does that mean that you guys follow some HIPAA regulation or you just, as a point of note, you guys just don't ask them what's going on? Well, HIPAA more so, <laughs> it's funny you said HIPAA. HIPAA is more so like that anecdote I just told you about that lady. I did not tell you her name. Uh, I gave you a vague idea of her age. I didn't I tell it. you where she lived. I protected her identity. You yep. can't go on dispenser and find out who she is right now. <laughs> if you, if you, you wouldn't. Um, that's right. really what the HIPAA is about. Is that there's so many people that don't know that their family members see us because we don't say, "Hey, by the way, you know your cousin came to see us," or "Hey, you know I just saw your mom." No, we never do that. Right, they usually right, will right. say, "Hey, my mom just said she she got an order from y'all earlier. I wish I, you know, just little things like that." But we'll never, mm. we don't ever try and get people to out themselves or, or anything and in, in like that. It's 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 never, it's literally supposed to be just an openness is the fact that even if you don't choose to, you know, patron with us, I hope I gave you information that'll help you. Yep. That's usually, sometimes, you know, that's how it'll go. Some days it'll be like, hey, maybe I just gave them education today. Um, you know, like maybe today just isn't a good day for them financially or something like that. It's, it's the fact that it's not all about just the income I think people think that, like we were mentioning earlier, it's the corporations. For them, they employ so many employees. They own all these. Yeah, these, it's about these, the turnover. These, it's the, yes, thank you. It's the turnover. You know, for us, it, it's just the fact that we're, we're lucky and we're happy every time we get to see these people again. Like, we appreciate it. And we'll reach out like, hey, did you get that house you were talking about? And like, oh, yeah, we just so. signed on it. That's why we were gone for a while. Like, or, oh, so. like, we'll send a message just saying how you been. And they're like, oh, I'm pregnant right now. So um, I'll see y'all in a little yeah, bit. But I'll tell my so. husband to go and hit y'all on, a, you know, get his that's stuff. So. You know, um, yeah, it's just. We have tried to create a community here, not just in Baltimore, uh, just in the whole state. We we have some events that are just for fun, you know, and some events that are for just education, some events that are for physical, you know, like uh, I, I run a yoga. Uh, so that's part yoga, part medicating. Uh, we've done Halloween events, we've done 90s parties. Um, and then we've done like events that are literally Cannabis 101, just teaching you all the things I believe as a cannabis user, you should know off baseline. You know, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, so, and, and I think I can't stress enough how much I appreciate the fact that you guys are not doing this because 
you're just either one trying to line your pockets or because you're just overindulging in weed, but you've made it a community thing and you're stretching your arms out to embrace people that smoke, people that don't smoke. Oh yeah, lots of people that don't smoke. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, some yeah. of them don't smoke, but they love hanging out with smokers. You know, some people they don't smoke, but they cook. So they like, hey, I'll cook yeah, at an event. Yeah. You know, yeah, there's going to be some hungry people at an event. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's yo. I, I'll say one thing: of my husband and I, I've always appreciated about him is that from the door of when we started this in 2018, he's always said everybody gets to eat. So we've always tried to build situations where everybody can win. Like, so, yes, everybody can either vend or the people that just want a cool spot to just hang out and, you know, be with other adults, medicate with other adults, uh, you know, or some people that may not be normally comfortable being around other people, you know consuming like we try and just make it so that everybody feels good uh we have a social group so that's where a lot of the people that you know they don't maybe don't like to go out in public you know a lot of them are more active in there you know like they'll they'll be posting more memes and more pictures smoking but some of them you'll never see at an event physically you never see not them, there yet. <laughs> yeah but it. hopefully after it. the first it. though we do hopefully after the first we'll just see a lot of people that just they've been waiting you know they're like i'm out now yeah. <laughs> I dig it. So, okay, one of the questions that I, I've been bubbling to ask you, honestly, yeah. is the challenges. Um, you have, I use this term loosely, you, weed smokers, marijuana users have won this victory in the state of Maryland come July 1st. What challenge do you see still down the road for you, even with the legalization happening, that you want, that you would hope even after July 1st, maybe in like in a couple of years, that they could remove that roadblock or that challenge? Uh, the major challenge is still, I don't know, the uh, the backing, I guess, of the city or basically the, the representation. That's the main thing, Big O, uh, the representation. I, I still think it's, it's, it's going to be a certain color or a certain hue involved. I don't know if, if it's really the correct means put in place for folks of our hue to be involved in the cannabis industry, even when it's recreational, as far as just getting, making anything profitable, I should say. Uh, yeah, you know, the taxation, you, yeah. Yeah, you, do, you don't wanna, you don't wanna get in anything without making any money. Let's not make it, make it like Facts. that. Like I, I don't wanna do this without being able to take care of myself and take care of my family. So it's a certain amount you want to, to be able to do, to be able to sell, to take care of yourself. But if you have strict regulations put against you uh, because you're just, a recreational seller uh, in mm-hmm. a little store of, of some means where you have other organizations that are still um, medicinal, big companies that are able to, you know, have pounds and pounds and pounds of it. That, that's the issue. I just, yeah, I, w- I, I, want, let's, let's I was thinking that, the same thing, actually. Let's run that back real quick then. Um, do you think that it is, and I hope it's not a leading question, do you think that it's necessarily a race thing or do you just think that it's a funding thing or do you think that black people just don't have an interest in the dispensary game because there is that stigma oh around. there are lots of black folks that are so that's the wrong question to ask so we there are definitely <laughs> lots of people that not only just all of us know you know that that are sellers you know that we grew up with like who did i get it from before i didn't you know do this like there's a lot of people that you know so 
to piggyback back to the dispensaries, the reason why we consider ourselves a dispensary or that's how we consider to move ourselves is that it's not just flour. It's flour, it's concentrates, it's edibles, it's all the different concentrates that are available. We try and make ourselves a one-stop shop just like any dispensary would be. So that being said, it's not all coming back to necessarily not about race. So Denver, I'll use Denver as an example. Denver still is a state where they do not, I want to say, they still are at the point where maybe like 5% of the dispensaries are black owned. Maybe like five, 10 maybe would be generous. And I know one of the women that owns one, Simply Pure in Denver. Okay. So. And they've been legal in Denver for over a decade. um, Over a decade. So, and so, and so let's say that, uh, there are, you know, black people that own dispensaries in other states, um, and they'll try and, you know, move to another state and do what we said, you know, before, but it comes back to who, you know, (laughs) so if you're a dispensary that you have friends that are in the government, like a lot of the dispensaries here, a lot of them have friends that are sheriffs. They have friends that are in the city council. They have friends that are, there's a dispensary that owns several businesses of his own. Uh, and then made more businesses off of this dispensary business. Which, I mean, essentially, that's what we want to do. We want to create, you know, more businesses off of this, but it's not, um, the idea is back to the whole point, I guess, of this podcast and why we're here. It's black ownership. Um, it's about the fact that we want a place like Baltimore that is in the middle of, it is in the middle of gentrification right now. Like, uh, there's lots of places now that Baltimore's are... Baltimore's in the middle of gentrification? Yes, there's, there are parts of Baltimore that are now outside turning... outside of downtown Baltimore, outside yes, of the harbor? Yes, there are parts now where... I, I'm trying to remember who I was just riding with the other day, and she was telling me about how she used to go to school here and that she didn't know that these condos were here. And then she's like, wait, wait, there's condos? And then there was a, a bunch of, of stores. And she's realizing it's like... Oh wait, these are like like high rises. Like these these people have money to be in these areas. And then you go a little bit more down the street, and it's oh no no, this is I remember this street. Okay, so that was weird. It's kind of like you're going through like a uh, Twilight Zone episode a little bit. And I was telling King about this when I went back to where I'm from. So I'm from DC originally. So okay. when I go there, what's that? Hey, that's the best example of gentrification. So, like, I, I'm Indeed. watching, I'm watching it start to happen in Baltimore, and it's it's turning a lot of these places that I people are always recommending me places like to eat. They'll say, "Hey, I went here when I was a kid," and I'll look it up, and it doesn't exist anymore. And then, but or I'll drive to that place that they told me to go to, and now it's like a. Uh, uh, something totally different. It's not even like a black-owned business or something. It's like uh, it'll end up being a conglomerate or just something that doesn't fit into the community. Interesting. A lot of these businesses don't fit into the community. You can make a dispensary fit into a community like any other business. It's just how it's run. You know, it's just you can make a whole block different and have a whole block generating income for that surrounding area. Like, it's really just as simple as that. And when the dispensaries, like I was saying, are from out of state, all that money is going back to Denver. Right, right, right. Do it's you think helping. That part of that money, Denver's beautiful now, by the way. Oh, oh well. Yeah, I was. In, I, I actually went before it was legal, so it was it was garbage there. It was most I, a true story. No, no, the true story. So it was a lot of burned down houses and a lot of houses that were just dilapidated, like all the way from the airport. Like I, I was like stunned. I was like. Oh, I seen the pictures of Denver, so I was expected to be like like this cool, like hip, artsy place. Like it was right, right, right. like 
it's, it was kind of a no offense and no French. I don't know if I cussed, but it was a shithole. And then I, I, we went back. So I went with my husband back to Denver. And it was a whole different situation. Because Denver, because they were at the beginning of a lot of it, they could make the rules better. Mm. So they were able They've to do more minority or have more money go into schools. Like they set up the right percentage goes back into school. The right percentage goes back into roads. The right percentage goes back into minority education. About, the right percentage goes back into expungements. Like all, all those things. Like they, they figured out, okay, so California, they were, they were first. So they, I think Denver, I want to say Denver was second. So they had a lot to learn from as well. California at first was still very messy. Now California thinks we got a lot of black dispensaries now. Like it does. Thank, thank goodness for that. Like, cause they've had a lot more, obviously we have a lot more celebrities in California that are black. Um, mm -hmm. But you also have a lot more people that are, are already communal. Mm -hmm, so they, mm -hmm. they want to help see each other win. So part of what we're trying to do here at Baltimore is that, we want to see everybody win. I, I want my child to can finish going to school in Baltimore and, and be able to know his friends. Like I want him, I want it to be at the point where we can have these uh, black events and, you know, everybody be able to not only be, eat, but create awesome lasting memories for people because we never mm. know what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. yeah never. Yeah. Okay. So, so let me ask you this question. And part of the, part of the thing I think that, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, part <laughs> of the thing that I think hinders the growth for black dispensaries or black entrepreneurs that are delving into marijuana is that it is almost exclusively, if not exclusively, 100% cash operated. People don't have the opportunity, people don't have tons or pallets of cash on hand just yeah, to liquid. operate and run a business. To, no. to operate a business. So that I'm assuming that, that that's also, a, or also plays a part in why oh. we don't have folks Jumping yeah, into this so paper, right? this is usually why. Um, so most dispensaries aren't owned by usually like one person. Usually they're owned by like I, I would say like a a minimum maybe of ten to five people. Um, so usually it's someone that is uh the person that I guess had the idea per se, uh, or a or the business person or the whomever. Like uh, we'll say uh we'll say like Angela Bassett. We'll just use her as an example. So let's say Angela Bassett wants to start a dispensary. Now, Angela Bassett obviously has a lot of money, but can she get all that money in liquid money? She might not. So she got to go ask some of her famous friends, right? So, hey, Denzel, um, you know, I need to ask for this much. Uh, you know, Chris Tucker, I need this much. You know, like just ask other celebrities for, for funding. Because mm. so I'll use Brett Favre, too, as an example, to, to combine this idea mm. together. So okay. Brett Favre's famous friends. They got him welfare money that he wasn't right, right, supposed right. to get, right? But his right. famous friends helped him get that money because Brett Favre couldn't put up all that money in liquid cash for the foundation that he was trying to create or the scholarship or right, whatever it was. Right, so the same right. thing with our Angela Bassett, Chris Tucker, and Denzel Washington is that Angie doesn't got the liquid money. But if she get all her famous friends together, they can all get enough of the liquid money together to be able to do it. So same thing with dispensaries is that, like I was saying in Maryland, is that uh, a lot of those people, one person, so Angela, Angela's, we're going to say she has 75% uh, ownership of the company. Um, and then we'll say uh, Denzel got like 10, Chris Tucker got like 12 or something like that. You know, like every, everybody has like a little percentage of the company. Yeah. That's ultimately how most of these dispensaries run. There's, there's someone that's usually like a face 
you know, like uh, Cookies is, is Burner. He is the face, uh, you know, of Cookies. But he also was one of the main people that started it. But mm. he also has, like, an excellent team around him. Like, I've seen some stuff about them on Vice as well. Like, he has someone that's an accounting, you know, person. He has a person mm. that is, like, really big on social media. That's just, I guess, his job. And then he has somebody that, like, is an architect. So he, like, comes up with, like, a bunch of the buildings. And stuff. Like, mm. everybody mm. eats. Mm. Everybody has a skill. Everybody has it something they can, they can contribute. Like, obviously, if Angela, uh, like, if Angela Bassett, she can ask Denzel, who we know is a famous actor, right? Like, so mm. everyone's like, oh, he, Denzel gave you money. Your money's good. So mm. if you go try and get a dispensary license and you put somebody's money who's not good, they're like, I'm not going to give you this dispensary license. Right. Um, right, right, right. This is, this is MC Hammer. You know, he doesn't have money. Like, we don't, <laughs> he, like, he's known to, and I'm being honest, like, they check to see I if did. that person has a lot of, like, uh, if they've had a lot of extreme uh, bankruptcy cases. So mm. you you're, you could got have famous friends with money. You have people that have clean backgrounds. You you yeah. so this goes back to the race thing we were talking about. Who is the most arrested for cannabis in yeah, the United States? Yeah, yeah. African Americans, not right, just for yeah. sale, but for use, use for yep. for for driving under you know the influence allegedly. You know because we get caught. The whole thing is that because we're black, you know we usually already get targeted. So that's why we get caught for things that usually other people are already doing. That's the truth. So that's usually what keeps. I don't want to say it keeps black people out of cannabis, but it, it keeps them from being able to find all the avenues they need to have the same amount of money that, let's say, Brad Pitt gets into, you know, wants to start cannabis. And he's got, uh, it's Brad, you got Eli Roth, you got like all these guys mm. and they're all got like stellar background and lots of money too, right, but they got more money cash. than, than yeah. Angela and Denzel. You know, yeah. I wish yeah. Angie had as much money as Brad Pitt, but she don't, Right. Right. So they got a bigger pool always to pull from. They mm -hmm. have just more friends because they usually just, unfortunately, we don't usually know who's in office. Uh, usually we don't have people we know in office uh, or a, a sheriff. Like, I couldn't tell you who the sheriff is right now. Like, I couldn't tell you. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if they're black or they're white, but I bet you if they were black, I probably would know, right? Right, right, right. Like, right. I know who the governor is right now, Wes Moore. I never knew him before he was elected, but I know he's black and he's my governor. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, so <laughs> it's all a game of it. just, of just what you know, like I what you know it. and who you know. I dig it. And I know that at least once again, correct me if I'm wrong. If you've had a felony or done time, you can't even come anywhere close to owning a, uh, a dispensary business at all. As far as I know, is that right? So you can, okay. So you can technically own part of it, but the main person has to have like a completely squeaky clean. Like so, so only one person could technically be the one that applies. But it's like this person's name and then like CC, uh, Andrew, the CC Brad Pitt, CC so and so, CC so and so. So it recognizes that those other people are involved. Um, so, but at the end of the so day, the your main name person is on the lease, but other folks is living inside the house. Is what you're yes. So yes. So I like so it. so in those cases, you know, they'll be like, well, all these other people are clean, and this one person's not clean. Okay, well, uh, well. We'll, we'll look past it because all the other people are vouching. Mm. So, like, one of the people that has a license now in Maryland, they were involved with somebody that did some corrupt politics. But the rest of the people on the list were clean. So nobody knew about that until, like, maybe, like, three years ago. Like, it's one of those, I guess it came up because of some sort of lawsuit. Mm. So it was like, okay. hey, we didn't know that this guy also owned, you know, a piece of this. And it was like, oh, well, he did, but it didn't, it wasn't, it just, you know, it wasn't important right then. 
You know, he was at the bottom of the of the list. He's not as important. These people are the figureheads. So interesting. interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm going to try and get you guys out on this one, and I want both of you guys' opinion. Once again, marijuana users across the state of Maryland have a victory under their belt, but it is not perfect by any means. I know that Wes Moore was talking about that he police officers can still say that the smell of weed is the reason why they pulled someone over, whatever the case is, which is interesting, even if it's legal, but not, notwithstanding. You've got this victory under your belt. Where do you want to see the state of marijuana three, four, five years from now in the state of Maryland? What things would you like to have seen would you like to see change compared to what's already being what's already happening to come come July first? Well, I, w- I would take it from my side first, and I'll let Queen attack from her side. Um, I-, I want folks to know where their money is going. As simple as that. I want folks to know, you know, how this beautiful flower is helping to, to create jobs. How it's helping to create you know opportunity in the city. How it's helping to create anything. What it's going towards as far as tax money. However, the the federal government chooses to regulate it. Um, I have a whole plan as far as just wanting to build a brand based off of it that can, you know, build just so many things. Like I can't even I can't even speak on it. I just have the whole entire plan because it's so much money involved in this enterprise, man. Yeah, like as far as we want to help be the liquid for other people, like we're just saying, we want to help. Hold on, hold on. But I want I wanted to be a whole. just you know just just something i know it's it's a billion dollar industry like and it's only going to get bigger and there's yeah. so much money involved in it we think of things like casinos and things like that like yep. the cannabis industry is the same uh token so i just hmm. want to get involved in this and help other folks be involved with it. and like queen said i want pieces everybody to have a piece of this pie because there's so much of this pie where everybody can have a have a piece of it get a hold of it and just feast so hmm. I, I think if it's going to be legal and it is involved in legal, you know, come July 1st in Maryland. So Baltimore City is in Maryland. So let's use this beautiful thing to help our city grow. Like I'm born and raised in Baltimore City. So, bro, I'd love for it to be a better place. I know it is better than most folks try to give it credit for. And, you know, I just wanted to have a fair opportunity. So that's what I want to use this cannabis power for. I can dig it. What about you, Queen? <sighs> In five years, I want not only there to be at the point where we can have more cannabis-friendly spaces, um, because as a parent, like, I would appreciate being able to slip off into an environment where I can, you know, be able to consume without my child around or, you know, just like uh, clubs, you know, more more of a social atmosphere, like, um, in the way that alcohol is. Um, a hmm. lot of people don't use alcohol and a lot of people do use alcohol, but I, it, I know a lot more people prefer to use cannabis in place of alcohol in most settings. Um, hmm. Because unfortunately, as much as alcohol can be fun, sometimes it's it's not fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the worst thing usually comes to cannabis is that uh, you just end up missing something important you had to do because you overslept. Like, that's usually <laughs> the situations you deal with. Like. <laughs> But other than that, like you, right. you don't deal with the same detriments and stripes. So yeah, in five years, I just wanted to be at the point where we can have these open conversations that uh, people don't realize everything doesn't have to be a dirty thing, and that this is how we figure out answers to problems. Is we all talk about them. Yeah, we can figure yeah. out what works for everybody, what doesn't work for everybody. Um, we can get everybody's opinion. So that's my hopes: is that with recreational going, that we can just be able to make it so that 
people that maybe could never smoke with their parent can smoke with their parent and feel very, you know, um, they feel comfortable doing it. Um, people not losing their, their employment because of cannabis. That's an, another major yeah. thing um, is that employment is still at the point where there are places that do drug tests. Um, yeah. And I always said that most places would probably have more of a workplace if you didn't, you know, if you did a, a six drug test as opposed to a seven drug test. So six and seven are like how many different drugs are in that screen. And the seven test is the one that has marijuana in it and six does not have marijuana. So most places are moving to the six test. So testing okay. for alcohol and other things. Um, and we need that. And so many people, uh, I, I got denied for a job once. And it was crazy because I used a masker. And I was like, yeah, I'm definitely going to pass this. And then, like, I got the call, like, what? I didn't pass. Seriously. Like, I thought I did everything right. Like, it why? The contact. why? It, wasn't, it wasn't really yeah. doing anything. Really... Like, why Why is everybody going through stress to get a job? Like, I'm going to show up. It. I'm going to do a great job. I will be a great employee. I, I just use cannabis. You know what I mean? Like, that's most people's I story. Is not. I dig it. Uh, I, I just want everybody to be like, hey, I'm XYZ and I use cannabis. And that's just it's it's just it's just that you know it doesn't have to be a you know oh my gosh how could you do that it's it's we can really just be regular people folks right 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 no doubt all right you guys got one one more question and you sparked it in my head yes or no do you think the federal government's going to legalize weed in the next decade yes yes i agree with them okay well from your mouth to god's ears then but King, Queen, thank you very much. I appreciate you guys coming thank you, on and taking time out to be on the show. I really appreciate it. Before no, we go, please, where can people find you if they'd like to find you? Any projects that you have going on? All of those sorts of things. Queen, you can start. Oh, I guess I'll, I'll do the plugs. So uh, <laughs> we have an Edwell Kitchen, which is DQ's Lifted Kitchen. You can find that at D-Q-L-I-F-T-E-D Kitchen. And we also have Dispense Throne, which is our, our main business where you can basically find all of the cannabis-related items that we've probably talked about tonight. So that is Facebook.com backslash D-I-S-P-T-H-R-O-N-E. And uh, yeah, those are our two businesses if you want to find on us on that or find out about events that we're doing. Those are the main places to start. And then you can add either of us on social media. Just yep. yeah, search us. Fantastic. And we're on IG as well. Oh, and on IG, yes, as well. All right, good to go. I am Big O, Mr. In the Black himself. I want to thank you guys for joining us for another incredible episode of the In the Black podcast. You could have been anywhere else in the world, but you chose to kick it with us, and we appreciate it. Make sure you follow us across social media at In the Black PDCST on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. If you're checking this out on YouTube, make sure you finesse that thumbs up button. It's free, but it goes a long way for us. We would really appreciate it. And if you want to be down and become part of the family and you're so inclined, come on over to our Patreon. You can get behind the scenes content as well. You will not regret it. But until next time, as always, informed, intelligent, in the black. Peace. Peace. Thank you.